Sports and Recreation Center on the campus of the College of Staten Island. It's time for the Dolphin Pod, the official College of Staten Island Athletics Podcast. With your host, David Pizzuto. Austin Mick with a nine-point lead. Mick flying to the perimeter, gets it over to Latunji for three. Dolphins work it back up to 12 points. In-depth stories, reviews and previews, interviews, and so much more. It's all right here. And now for the Dolphin Pod, here is your host, David Pizzuto. And welcome, Dolphins fans, to another season of the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com and anywhere you might be listening to us today, whether it's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and so many more uh, ways to watch us, uh, listen to us, and, and follow us each and every week. My name is David Pizzuto, co-host of the Dolphin Pod with Nicholas Duran, associate men's uh, basketball head coach and uh, now co-host of the Dolphin Pod for the last uh, few weeks uh, during the summer. We counted down the top 10 moments and now we begin a new season entirely. And, you know, Nick, it's, it's kind of bittersweet because the new season means that the summer is, at least for people in athletics, is pretty much at an end. I know we still have a few official weeks left, but usually this is the time that we really start to turn our attention to the new academic and athletic seasons. Yeah, and you know what that means for you, Dave. That's a lot more work on your hands now that we're rolling into some sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, happy to be back and happy to talk some uh, new up-and-coming events instead of uh, flashbacks every week. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because today, of course, is Friday, September 11th of 2020. So it's kind of a, a you know a very pensive day in our in our history, especially as New Yorkers and uh, as people from the tri-state area. Obviously, this date has special significance. It just so happens to be the day that we debut. And and I was thinking about it, Nick, before we got on the air. And, you know, 19 years ago, kind of the earth and the world stood still, especially the sporting world, you know, and kind of took a, a pause. And we've kind of been in that same standstill in that pause now for the last six months plus due to covid uh and we do have some good sports um on the horizon that we're going to speak about on today's show namely esports that occur remotely but still you know kind of an, an eerie semblance between uh september 11th um, of 2001 and then 19 years later what we're going through again yeah it's it's definitely a crazy time especially for us experiencing it so close to us um Again, it happened to me when I was a kid. Um, I think I was in the sixth grade at the time. So I still remember it to this day. And again, like you said, sports kind of just nowadays kind of represents, you know, the growth of everything. And it's great to see like sports continue to move on in, in the face of that. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday, uh, Thursday was the debut of the National Football League coming back. Obviously, Major League Baseball's been back, uh, the NBA, uh, the NHL, obviously, all in their in their postseason runs. So sports is back. It's not back the way it was, obviously, especially for people like us that work in college sports and obviously high school on down. But it's it's slowly inching back. And it's funny, Nick, because I shared this story with Joe Foreman back when he was on the broadcast. And I teach a class. Class, a sports management class. And one of the first lessons that I have is how the sports industry is never really affected by world change, like whether it's a world war, whether it's 9-11, whether it's famine, Katrina, uh, national disasters. Sports always has a way of bouncing back and also taking the hand of society and letting them know it's okay to come back. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening with COVID too. It kind of sports is being, is kind of holding people's hands to say, it's okay to get your feet back in the water. It's okay to start opening up again because we're doing it. And it's not, it hasn't been an exact science by any measure, but it's still as someone who's involved with sports, that's got to be really cool to see. Yeah. And, and moving forward, you might have to uh, re reword that a little bit for your class. I definitely will. <laughs> uh, we're experiencing that now. But yeah, like you said, it, it's kind of the forefront, I feel like, a, of a good feeling. Like no matter what's going on in the country, no matter what's going on, you can always look at sports and it's kind of like an outlet to even just watch a professional sport and kind of get away from the world. And then, like you said, uh, uh, me as a coach, like with the season coming up, we get to start focusing on on what we're going to do and what we need to do moving forward. So it's always an exciting time when sports come back around and kind of 
it kind of helps us in soft spots when the country gets into a weird into a weird place. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember uh, September 11, 2001, very vividly. I was I was a lot younger, but I was still uh, very much uh, an adult. I was 26 at the time, and and I remember it pretty vividly. And one of the things that I remember, and and selfishly, it's something that I really miss about that time is is the unity of people. You know, it didn't matter, uh, you know, what what color skin you were. It didn't matter what political party you you kind of uh, aligned yourself with. It didn't matter if you were a male or female young or old, everybody was a New Yorker and everybody kind of came together to kind of lift everybody's spirits. And I remember just how important the Yankees and the Mets were during that time. I don't know yeah. if you remember, Nick, but the Yankees made a yeah. World Series run that year. The Mets, Mike Piazza's home run kind of brought everything back, um, you know, into good spirits for us in New York. And like I said, it was a slow time back, but I distinctly remember the part that sports played. And I remembered us all being unified. And I hope that we can kind of get back to that as we introduce sports again, um, you know, into our communities. And, and that kind of starts today, Nick, for us, at least with the introduction of, of esports, something that, uh, is a little bit off the beaten path, but we're going to talk a lot more to Alberto and Sal about it. And again, it's something that we're definitely looking forward to. We're so sports starved at CSI right now that, uh, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to, uh, to tonight. Yeah, and, and very excited to just see the outcome of uh, what they're going to put together, too. And um, it's cool to see that we have a live sport coming, even though it is on a screen. It is a live sport that we're going to have going in CSI. So it's a fun time. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I'm very anxious to ask Alberto and Sal is their opinion on, you know, where esports lands on on the sports you know, um, landscape, because I know it's very controversial and I know there's a lot of, like, I belong to a lot of these chat rooms and stuff like these Facebook groups of people who do what I do. And there's a lot of like back and forth, like esports is not a real sport. Esports is a real sport. These are not athletes. Yes, they are. Um, you know, esports is going to be the end of regular sports. We're in jeopardy. And, you know, there's just a lot of controversy going on. And I really, as excited as we are to talk about Overwatch and Valorant and learning these games, I'm really anxious to get kind of their perspectives on that too, because not only do they oversee esports, Nick, they also work in our athletics program and under in, in other areas. So I'm interested to see like how they balance out that kind of way of thinking. Yeah. And, and I'm just excited to see um, Alberto at work with this. Cause <laughs> I mean, he works so hard at what he does, mm -hmm. you know, in the finance department and, you know, I can't wait to see how hard he works at this because I know this is his true passion, his true love. So I know he's going to treat it like a baby and he's really going to build the program in the right way. So like you said, we're excited to hear what he's got to say and, and what he feels like for the future. Definitely. And we're going to talk to both Alberto and Sal when we come back from our first commercial break. Before we do that, we do want to line up uh, what is ahead on CSIDolphins.com uh, and, of course, what was behind us. Now, each week on the podcast, we'll review uh, the latest games, the latest news that CSI has had. And we don't have any to speak of yet. Now, CSI Esports did have a scrimmage uh, in the game of Valorant, which they won't play until later this month officially, but they did beat St. Joseph. Long Island, uh, two to nothing. Uh, the scores were thirteen to five and thirteen to eleven uh, to win that one. Best two out of three, two games to none. So that had to feel good for them. So that was our our really our lone athletic event that happened uh, over the course of the last two weeks since we've been here last. And uh, then there'll be another um, segment of our program where we'll preview what's ahead. And what is ahead for us, obviously, is the big debut tonight. Obviously, Friday night, September 11th, 7 o'clock, it'll be CSI Esports taking on Malloy College in the game of Overwatch. Now, Malloy is a pretty good opponent. They finished 3-2 and two last year during the regular season. Season, but they made it to the uh, ECC semifinals where they where they lo lost to NYIT three to one, and NYIT ended up losing to uh, Southern New Hampshire three to one in the championship. So a big first test for esports early, and um, I think at the beginning, Nick, we're going to have a tough time kind of 
ascertaining what exactly is happening on our screen. I've watched a little bit of Overwatch and it's really tough to kind of follow. But what we will see is CSI tested for the first time and we'll kind of see where they where they hit on the uh, on the litmus uh, scale after this first game tonight. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like all of our seasons last year where, you know, we kind of come in and we get jumped by a Division Two opponent. Now they have to come in and they get, right away, they get Malloy, like what you said, is a very good program as they stand now. So it's a great test from the start. And like you said, it's going to show us where we stand as a program and what else we have to learn early in the game. And then, like you said, I looked up on, on it last week to see what Overwatch actually was. And I honestly have no idea what I watched, but I saw something for about 10 minutes. And if any of them are good on the CSI team, I give them a lot of credit because that is definitely a very confusing thing to just jump into. Yeah, for sure. The more I watch of esports, the more respect I have for the for the kids who are playing it, for the for the people who are coaching it, and of course uh, the whole scouting and strategy aspect. Especially, you know, Nick, the one thing that separates esports from from every sport is that you know your five guys on the court at any one time, you're all together. You're all within spitting distance. You're all within shouting distance. These kids are playing in five different locations wherever they're located and they have to be in perfect harmony with one another uh five or six kids and uh you know depending which which team you're you're talking about which which video game so give them a lot of credit and that's something that we're going to speak to uh alberto and sal uh about uh we'll learn more about the games of overwatch and valorant we'll learn about what it takes to be a successful esports gamer and they're going to get us excited for opening round play which starts tonight so let's take a break nick and i when we come back we will have alberto Sanchez, the esports coordinator, and Sal Caruso, intramurals coordinator, join us on this very special esports dominated broadcast of the Dolphin Pod Season 2, Episode 1. More coming up next. You're listening to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Champions know how to seize opportunities. When they see moments of greatness unfold right before their eyes, they push as hard as they possibly can. And then they push harder. Because the heart of a champion never settles, never quits, and never stops giving its all. We are champions. We are Division Two. We go big, we give it everything we've got, and we win on the field, on our campuses, in our communities, for our causes, in our careers. We rise to become champions in everything we do. We are Division II and there are no limits here. We make our time count. We set our own path. We become champions on our terms. It's time to up your game because we're here to play and learn. But most importantly, we're here to discover ourselves our vision, our heart, our drive to achieve every goal we aim for because we want to be champions at the highest level, life. At Division Two, the opportunities are here. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com and from wherever uh, you are listening to us here on this Friday, September 11th, 2020. This is Season 2, Episode 1 of the Dolphin Pod. David Pizzuto alongside Nick Duran. And it's time now for our featured segment of the podcast where we welcome in uh, this week our special guests, plural, as on the line. We have uh, Assistant Athletic Director and Esports Coordinator Alberto Sanchez and and intramurals coordinator Sal Caruso, both joining us as we discuss esports uh, here on the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Nick. Nice being here. Excellent. So, um, so I guess we'll start from the very beginning, guys. I mean, uh, Alberto and Sal, we've been talking pretty regularly these days, leading up to our first match tonight. Obviously, in the game of Overwatch, but. I remember, Alberto, having you on the podcast uh, eight months ago. It was back in January. I can't, can't believe it was that long ago, uh, nine months ago, actually, talking about 
what it would take to get esports between being just the little the the club, the gamers club, to now being full varsity. But in just a short time, probably quicker than we've matriculated any other team ever at CSI, we've gotten esports off the ground. So how does it feel to in just nine months' time? go from being a growing budding club to now a full-fledged varsity team it's it's been a very interesting ride um something that we didn't think would happen is coming to fruition a lot quicker than we thought um i think the situation that's going on right now in the sports world and in the world in general has kind of facilitated the need for something like esports um i think it helped because while we're in the process of you know, locating a facility where we can have esports on campus. Uh, the current the current situation in the world has allowed esports to be done remotely, and I think that that's helped facilitate the growth and the need for esports. So I think that it allowed us to bring our teams together right away and be able to compete this season. Yeah, and Sal, yeah. you know, I'm I'm going to ask you the, the same question. I want you to chime in, but I want to phrase yours a little differently too, because you know, since you've become the intramurals coordinator, you've taken so many of these smaller groups and really nurtured them into something bigger. I mean, the intramurals program is what housed the CSI Gamers Club, and you really took it. Uh, I know Alberto's been involved in the esports side of it, but you really have taken a lot of these smaller groups under your wing and nurtured them. And as the intramurals coordinator, as someone who's overseen the club over the last two years, you've seen it grow firsthand. How proud of you uh, at this leap that this club is taking now into the, the varsity uh, and competitive world? Well, I'm mostly proud of uh, those students um, that started the club originally. And even though they might not be around anymore, um, you know, they've, you know, gave the mantle to some others and those continued on in their footsteps and that's continued to grow. And just that supportive system that they have, it all started with just a bunch of casual gamers. And then when we got wind of the competitive gamers and how esports might be coming to CSI and how, because we just went to the ECC and how competitive they're doing it. Um, we thought, you know, we could do this, you know, we know we have the interest. Our gamers club now is over a hundred kids alone. Um, and that kept growing and we started gaining interest just for competitive gamers, you know, and together with casual and competitive gamers, you know, we started to put in little groups of who wants to play Valor, who wants to play Overwatch, who can play League of Legends, you know, all those popular games out there. And slowly but surely, we got more people interested, um, started to see really, you know, where this is going to go. And as Alberto said, it's really, it's unfortunate that COVID happened and it's really striking the world in a very negative way. But if any positive came out of it, I mean, it is kind of esports in a really bigger limelight now than ever, maybe. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and touching on that more, Sal, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about how it was getting all the kids on board and, and you know, you know, you got you gotta play certain games now. So was it hard to find kids with the skill level in those games or was it kind of easy flowing finding the first group of kids? Um, it was both easy and hard because we knew that there's a lot of kids interested in playing. Um, we just don't know. We didn't know at first who was really playing competitively. And that's where we had to find out via some of, um, you know, some of the interest forms we did and things like that. And just talk to the kids, finding out their rank or their level they are in the game. Um, and that just started to happen in the last few months to really gauge, you know, how competitive we could be. And, you know, so that all started from being just casual gamers. But then we knew, well, there are actually competitive kids who they didn't want to be in the gamers club because they were competitive gamers. But then when they started to realize that this might become real, they started being more active in the gaming gaming club um, just for that possible purpose. And now it's a reality for them. Yeah, and like you said, I feel like it's hard in that gaming world to kind of figure out, you know, who wants to play for the school or who wants to play for themselves. So. I feel like that's very hard, you know, for a kid to, to make that decision. But um, to hit on more of the uh, the up-and-coming stuff um, for Alberto, how do you feel about, you know, some of the other teams? Have you looked into them? Have you have you been scouting them out? And, and how do you feel like we stack up to them? Well, it's been uh, very difficult to find ways to scout teams. So uh, one of the games that we're playing this season, Valorant, just was released officially in June. So there's not really much out there in terms of any team competing in uh, in Valorant. Um, and then with Overwatch, um, one of the things I noticed with our school, with schools in, in the ECC for, for the most part, there's not a lot of footage out there. There's footage that the ECC provides from the championship games, but 
other than that, most of the teams are not keeping their videos on demand, for example, whenever they're streaming. So it's been difficult to figure out, um, you know, who's good, who's not. But the teams that were in the championship last year for Overwatch are pretty good. Um, we don't face some of those teams till later on in the season. So we have some time to prepare. And uh, one thing that's working out for us this this season with Valorant is our bye is our first week of the season. So we're going to be definitely watching out, watching out for teams that play in the first week. Since we don't, we're going to be watching some streams and we're going to be scouting some teams for sure. Great. And, um, yeah, it's definitely some exciting stuff and uh, really uh, amped to kind of get to kind of get going with some type of competition. And, and speaking of competition, everything that we're doing uh, is encapsulated into the East Coast Conference, the ECC. And I was very surprised, Alberto, to learn just how new esports was at the ECC level. I thought maybe they had been doing it for several years, but it's kind of new even with the ECC. Can you tell us a little bit about the the, the history of esports uh, in general with the ECC and, and where we kind of fit into the to, to the system right now? Yeah, um, the ECC is like you said is pretty new with uh, with esports. Uh, they had Overwatch and League of Legends championships last year. Um, they had a Rocket League tournament at the end of the spring semester last year, and then this year they've kind of evolved a lot more. Um, they had about I would say six teams last year, and now um, in Overwatch we have nine. But the overall number of teams that are now in the conference has boosted up to fourteen total. Um, there's some new schools that are coming in along with us, like Hood College, SUNY Old Westbury, uh, UDC may be making an appearance, even though it hasn't been made officially, I'm not really sure. Um, but there's definitely a lot of teams that are coming in, um, even as associate members to the ECC for esports. And that's one of the things that, um, I guess being a club team has kind of, um, given a lot of, a lot of schools the opportunity to join other conferences and compete as much as possible. Um, looking at some of our opponents, I know that like Hood College, for example, has three teams in three different conferences for Overwatch. Mm. So they have a lot of interest at their school. And we're, we're, we're kind of looking at things for some of our other teams that are not in conference or are not in season. Like we are adding a Rocket League team for the spring and we're adding a League of Legends team for the spring as well. And those teams are being worked on as we speak. Great. Great. And, um, you know, I think what's so exciting about esports that separates it from every other sport at CSI is that you guys are immediately eligible for championships because esports, unlike other sports, they're not uh, regulated by the NCAA. So we're following all the NCAA Division II rules with regards to you know, student eligibility and, and how they, you know, they still have to be eligible. They still have to be full-time uh, and all that, but um, it's not regulated by the NCA. So unlike the other sports, we don't have, we're, we're not barred from postseason for another two years. So, you know, to know that we're immediately eligible for postseason and championships, that's got to be excited for you guys and the, and the athletes on the team, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely think that our team is going to be very competitive this season. We have a lot of individually skilled players, um, and we've been working on this, you know, this summer, really just gelling together as a team, working on communication, working on just teamwork and getting to know each other and, um, you know, getting to know everybody's voice and the characters that they prefer and things like that. So I'm, I'm very excited for this season. Uh, you take a look at the standings from last year, for example, and there was a team that had a losing record that was in the playoffs. So um, while I expect us to be competitive and expect us to win some games, I do, definitely do think that we can have a winning record and have a shot at the playoffs in both Overwatch and Valorant. Awesome. Yeah, and from what you guys have seen so far, um, how do you feel like the competitive level is for your gamers now? Like, you know, you had the scrimmage ready, so you could kind of see what's going on and see – who's going to play what roles? How do you feel like the team is shaping out? I think the team is shaping out pretty well. Um, like I like I mentioned, they're, they're definitely individually skilled. They have a lot of map knowledge. They have a lot of the game knowledge, even though it's been out only a couple of months. Um, the Valorant game in particular was in beta status for a while, and all of them were playing from the very beginning. So, um, I th again, I think it's just a matter of them getting used to playing with other people besides their friends or just clowning around in the game. Now it's time to take things serious. And they've been doing that in practices. And, and even when there's not scheduled practices, they've been seeking each other out to play with each other, just to get familiar with them, with each other as they, as they continue to progress towards our first game of the season. And just to bounce back from Alberto, I mean, I think 
too, what drives every single athlete, whether you're esports, basketball, softball, baseball, any sport, is the competition. You know, these kids, they want to compete. Um, and now that they know that they're a part of not only the College of Staten Island, but international uh, sponsored conference like the ECC, you know, gives them that much more motivation to compete. And for CSI, being a freshman, um, knowing that they could be doing this for the next four years and win, you know, maybe two or three championships in a time. You know, so that that just drive of being in a competitive field, I think, really helps their chances this year. And I really do think they're going to have a good season. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Sal, because, again, like a lot of people are going to look at, at this sport and say, you know, it's it's not really a sport. They're playing it on a screen. They're doing this. They're doing that. And, you know, these kids are athletes just as anyone else and just doing it on a different level, a different scale. So it's yep. great to hear it that way. And, you know, one thing I want to hit on, you touched on it before. You know, with you doing the intramurals and being so close to the student body, how do you feel like that's going to help you now and help you in the future of recruiting and getting kids involved? And even if, you know, you hear a kid's name, you could go after him a little bit because you're so involved with the student body and intramurals. How do you feel like that's going to be a big recruiting tool for you? Uh, well, for me, for intramurals, I don't say I would recruit for intramurals. I'd say I try to promote as much as possible. Um, okay. And now with, you know, COVID being... Um, what it is and having to be all virtual programming and whatnot, um, very online based, you know, this is going to help see, you know, helps, helps the kids, help, help kids see that we have other things to offer, not just in-person sports. You know, we can do things online. We could do things on Instagram. We could do things on different consoles. You know, we've set them all up for this semester. Um, right now, most of it's in September, but we have some Instagram stuff lined up in October. You know, we had a successful virtual bingo tournament yesterday. Um, you know, we're going to continue these things this semester. And then, you know, if we can ever get back to some type of normalcy, you know, we'll include these things as well as part of a program going forward, because why take them away when they were already so popular? Yeah, great. And, um, you know, obviously the interest continues to grow. And I'm sure once kids start to see uh, visually see our team being competitive, that's going to probably raise the bar as well and get more people to want to be involved once they see how cool it is. And let's talk about that for a second, because tonight you guys uh, are going up against Malloy College uh, in our first ever esports game in the history of CSI. And it's in a game called Overwatch. And uh, as Alberto mentioned, you know, Valorant is a very new game, but Overwatch has been around for a little while. Um, a lot of kids have been playing it for, for some time. And I've been studying Overwatch now for, I would say, the better part of the last two or three weeks. And I still don't even know um, a quarter of what I kind of need to know. Uh, but it's it's going to happen once once I watch more games. But maybe can you guys talk a little bit about Overwatch, the game itself? Um, what kind of game it, it, it is? What do you have to do to win? Um, what kind of strategies do people em, em, employ? And when people sit down and watch this thing for the first time, what should they be looking for? So Overwatch is a game that was developed by Blizzard Entertainment. It's a 6v6 uh, first-person shooter. It's, it has some MOBA elements as well. So one of the things that you'll notice with Overwatch is you'll be seeing different game modes within one matchup. So when we play Malloy tonight, uh, our first matchup will be in control, which is basically controlling an objective point. And there's unlimited respawn, so our, our team can always come back if they, if they perish. But the goal is to either, if you're on the attacking team, to capture the point, or if you're on the defensive team to prevent it from capturing the point. And then you'll switch over to an assault game mode, which is a different game type. And then you'll switch over to hybrid, which is a mixture of control and assault. And then you'll switch over to escort for game four. And escort is basically, um, again, another mixture of the elements that you've already seen where you have to capture an objective point. And then once you capture that objective point, you have to escort a payload to the finish line. So Overwatch can be very complicated in that in that uh in that scenario where you're viewing different game modes in the same matchup so there'll be four different game modes if it goes to a fifth game then you play control again but for the most part you'll be seeing four different the four the four featured game modes in overwatch in one matchup so it could be a little confusing okay. all right so so alberto you mentioned uh the matches so i'm assuming the first to win three out of five takes the entire match correct yes that's correct Okay. And as far as the makeup of the teams, um, you know, uh, you said it's six V six. So, you know, how do you go about determining who's playing on the team? Obviously you have, you know, a cluster of overwatch players. So how do you determine which six are playing, 
what roles do they play? What objectives do they have to reach? Yeah, so Overwatch, um, now with Overwatch being so, um, I guess, out there for a while, there's predetermined roles that you can choose. So uh, Overwatch has a standard competitive play mode of two DPS players, which are damage per second players. Their responsibility is to just basically cause the most damage to the other team. And you have two support players, which basically are using either healing skills or shields or speed boosts to kind of help the team with utility type maneuvers. And then you have two tank players, which are basically just defensive players that can also deal some damage. So we have a 2-2-2 setup. And so we have, you know, players on our team with specialized roles that they fit into within those three roles. Got it. Go ahead, Nick, you're up. All right. So the one thing I want to know is, you know, me and Dave looked into it. Dave's been watching longer than me and he's still confused. I've watched about a week of it and I'm confused. So how much did you guys know coming into it about Overwatch, about the games you're going to play, or how much did you have to study up and, and teach yourself on it? Well, I'll start with that because Alberto knows a lot already. I okay. had to start right from the beginning. Um, and I didn't know anything. I'm in the same boat as Dave and you. I know maybe a quarter of it. But what I do for myself and like maybe a lot of other general sports people will do is kind of related to a sport you know, you know, or different sports you know. You know, what Alberto just explained to me, having like a 2-2-2 two, two, two type thing, to me sounds almost like similar to that of a volleyball game where it's six on six and you have kind of a setter couple of setters, a couple of hitters, a couple of blockers, you know, they're all different roles, but they all have their important roles to do if you want to win the game in total. Yeah, and to, and to add to that, um, I have first-person shooter experience, and so the core mechanics of a first-person shooter are all the same to kind of eliminate the other team once you get more, you know, more kills than you die. Um, but uh, Overwatch is more an objective-based game than it is... Um, just a kind of deathmatch type game. So um, learning the different objectives um, that they have in Overwatch was something that I needed to learn. Even though, again, they're still they're still kind of um, the same with other first-person shooters that you play. So controlling an objective point, for example, um, you know, is something that is I'm very familiar with. Um, escorting a payload, for example, is something that I'm familiar with as well, based on other games. So um, there wasn't much of a learning curve. Um, in, just in terms of learning the characters of the game is probably something different because in every game you have different characters that you need to learn. So learning the different characters, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, is something that I've had to learn over the last few months. Um, and basically, you know, once we got the rules from the ECC in terms of what the gameplay was going to be like, I was able to provide that to the team. And then we kind of adjust our strategies based on those rules and how things are going to go. Yeah, and, and how... You know, for me coming, one of the hardest things was coming from a player to now being a coach and taking on the new role and seeing things as a whole now. You know, you were once a player and now you're turning into a coach. Have you felt it yet? Have you felt like you've had to concentrate on different things that you weren't good at before? How has the transition been from turning from a player to a coach? Well, one of the things that, that, I, that I've done right away is I've you know, established team managers and team captains. And I've, I've relied a lot on them, kind of like you would do, like like you, Nick, yourself, that TJ relies on you as an assistant coach. Um, I rely on them heavily in terms of just, you know, identifying the best players, um, you know, identifying what strategies work, what strategies don't work. And then obviously just going into discussions with them and then seeing how the team can adapt to those strategies and those um, and those skills. So it's really just been kind of a team effort right now in terms of getting getting us ready for the season because while I don't have familiarity like they do in these particular games, I've had to rely on them on their expertise and it's been help, very helpful. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I think what a lot of people kind of take for granted uh, with esports players is that they just go out there and and perform and do what they do. But I think it comes with a lot of pressure when you're facing another team. Like I know I don't have a lot of experience with video gaming, especially online against other people. But I know that I could be confident in a game. And then as soon as you put me in a room with 20 strangers or 10 strangers and ask me to go out and win, let's say it's a sports game where I'm playing 1v1, I get really nervous. Like my insides are like, oh my God, like somebody's actually watching me play this game and somebody's actually counting on me to win this game or to play well for the team. That comes with an extraordinary amount of pressure. I'm sure all athletes go through it, but is there a difference, Alberto, between like practice, 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 
you know, uh, repetition in that way. And then it's the big stage where you actually have another team you have to beat. Do you see that difference with esports? Um, there, there is, there is some similarities to what you said with esports. One thing that I think kind of sets esports a little bit apart is that a lot of, you know, with the gaming world in general, the gaming world is very, very out there in terms of streaming services like Twitch and YouTube, Facebook gaming. So a lot of these people play their games and they're used to having an audience. You'll have a lot, you'll have a lot of these players that have their own Twitch channel, for example, or they're always just playing with their friends and broadcasting what they're doing. And so they always, they, they, I feel like they've kind of grown up with that environment where they're kind of just used to having people watching them. So, um, while I think there'll be some pressure on playing a team and, you know, representing CSI and, and trying to win every game they can, there's going to be some pressure there, but I think that, you know, they're, they're kind of used to it in the sense of people watching them and people critiquing them and people, you know, backseat gaming, as they like to call it, where they, oh, I would have done this, even though they're not playing sure. the game with that. Sure. I could definitely see that as well. Uh, the other thing that we've discussed, you know, in, in other areas that I want to go over here too, because I think it's so important is the communication that develops. Now I know, and again, very limited first person shooter experience i've played call of duty for example where you're in a clan with you know eight other people seven other people and everybody's talking and everybody's communicating and it can get overwhelming to do that and control your own guy and and do certain things so how do you guys manage the whole communication angle of the game you know who gets to speak when they get to speak and and how to effectively communicate because i'd have to think that's just as important as what exactly you're doing is to is to be communicative with your with your teammates yeah that's that's very very good point dave um well one of the things that we stress um you know in our practices is that everybody has to communicate um you know uh with a game like with a game like overwatch and valorant being first person shooters you need to identify as many things as you can on the map um you know whether that's somebody attacking you whether that's uh somebody throwing out an ability um you know you need to be able to identify all of these areas so that you could let your teammates know what's going on because they're going to be focused perhaps on their 1v1 battle and then if that concludes and they need to move over shift and help they need to know what's going on before they approach that situation. So a lot of the communication that we've really emphasized is map knowledge. You know, um, every, every pretty much every single place on the map has a name. Um, and so we, we kind of stress map placement a lot and map knowledge so that you know where to call out on the map. Um, you know, even even learn, I, I stress one thing that I always stress is learning things like, for example, ability cooldowns. Um, it'll be very, very important in League of Legends when we get to that in the spring, where you can know, okay, this ability has an eight second cooldown. So if they use it, I know I have eight seconds to kind of counter them before they could use it again. And you have that same thing in Overwatch and Valorant, with the exception of maybe they just have a limited number of charges as opposed to unlimited abilities. But um, I think, so like I said, map placement is very important. Knowing abilities is important. Knowing what characters to use and which character you can pick to counter the opponent is important. So I really do think that everybody needs to communicate. And you sometimes when you were in practices, you could hear somebody repeating themselves maybe once or twice because somebody was talking over them. So you do have that discrepancy, but usually, um, you know, you can, you can kind of, kind of, play better because you cut when you speak and you communicate well you cut down the reaction time that you, that other people have to respond to your situation hmm. and i'll just yeah. add yeah go ahead, sir. i'll just add that you know knowing each other's tendencies as well i think that will help in the long run you know as they get to know each other better throughout the season um i think towards the end maybe into the playoffs they'll know okay well i know this player likes this character and he does this you know so i may only just say something one time and he'll already know what i mean Mm. Am I correct, Alberto? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and you know, you're talking about tendencies and and things like that. You know, now that you're early in the season, you got to see some of the guys a little bit. You got to see what they can do without, you know, telling everybody all the secrets of the sauce in your uh, program. Now, can you just you know touch on some of the things that have been good with a lot of the players? What you guys are good at? What you guys are strong at? And then what you were surprised at at the beginning. Um, one of the things that one of the things I'm surprised at is that the communication has come together really quickly. Um, usually, you know, when you have people that are at a at a high level individually, they, you know, probably feel like 
that feel like that they can, you know, say whatever they want and everybody's got to take it, especially if they're like the highest ranked person on the team. So a lot of, a lot of our team has checked their egos at the door and they've really come together as a team. And that was one of the things that I was really happy to see early on. Um, you know, some, you know, one or two people came up and they've kind of identified themselves as like a leader right away. And so we've kind of, and they've had the support of the team to become that team captain. So that was something that we were able to do pretty quickly. And, you know, again, that comes with just having knowledge of the game and being able to impart that knowledge of the game without being cynical, you know, without making people feel bad. And that's something that came together in pretty much all of our games that we have right now. And I think too, Nick, as you're, you know, you're an assistant coach, you know this firsthand. When you have a player that steps up and wants to be captain and wants to voice their opinion and is also very humble in that approach, that makes for a very good um, player slash coach slash captain, correct? Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially such a young program like you guys are, you know, you can't get anything better than that um, for one of your first groups of kids. And, you know, just, um, you know, not a lot of us are familiar with the program. If you don't mind, can you just, um, you know, tell us a couple of the kids and, you know, just what what they're about in the game? Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of take one from each team. You know, we have our uh, one of our one of our tank players. Um, his name is Kevin. Everybody, so everybody that you'll realize they'll have a, a screen name on in game. So um, I won't identify his screen name, but um, we have one of our best players on our Overwatch team, Kevin, um, who has very very good individual skills, has reached the highest rank possible in the game, and um, you know he's kind of been a very vocal person and kind of just been always willing to kind of um impart his knowledge and help people especially if they're in the same in the same uh position as he is in terms of the character type so uh he's been very very vocal and been a very very good addition to our team um and then also somebody that we have that's playing both of our uh both valorant and overwatches we have a couple of people that are doing that this season um one of our players hottie is is very very skilled in both games and has brought kind of like a kind of a joyous environment to the team he's kind of just uh you know kind of like bring some you know like whenever things are getting really serious he can bring some levity to the team so i think that that's been very helpful when practices have gotten really serious and you know he's able to kind of just in the, go in there and break the ice a bit and that's been very helpful very cool yeah i got i got to see a few of uh ryan lou who we we interviewed for a valorant in, interview i got to see a couple of his clips that he sent me and i was like that was really impressive like that was really cool because you know until you can see them in action and and know how good they are to just turn around a corner and hit somebody with a headshot like 200 miles away i mean that's like yep that kid's mm -hmm. pretty good <laughs> you know so yeah I, I got a kick out of that you'll definitely see that in valorant more so than overwatch they're two they're both the same genre of game but they're completely different valorant is going to be very slow paced you'll be able to see those one-on-one -on -one matchups where you'll be very impressed and um overwatch you know you could be you could be very impressed as well but there's a lot going on in the game so it may you may miss something sometimes based on the point of view that's being shown at the moment or something like that but um i'm excited for both games definitely and um you know we've reached that point in the interview where we've gone almost a half hour and i want to touch on some some a serious topic uh, as well guys and that is um you know the way esports is viewed philosophically in the in the sports community um you know no matter where you are whether it's on our own campus or whether it's nationally um for example i'll give you a for instance i was on facebook and i belong to a group called sids working smarter or athletic communications help and i and i asked i'm like how do you guys you know, how do you guys, um, you know, handle your esports schedules online? How do you handle your esports wrap ups online? And I thought, guys, honestly, that I broke Facebook because I got like, uh, like almost 600 comments about esports isn't a sport. What are you doing? Don't do anything for them. Uh, you know, these athletes are taking away from, from real athletes. And then you have the people going back at them saying, well, esports athletes can do so much more than a regular athlete can and it was really heated discussion where to the point where the moderator shut shut us down and i actually got a phone call from someone in florida who was talking to me about oh my god you created the biggest dust storm i've ever seen you know and meanwhile it was very innocuous i was just asking a very simple question um i'm in the camp that believes that these are athletes uh anybody that can put 
um, who can have hand-eye coordination that's that good, that can do you know a thousand keystrokes per minute. Um, that that's saying something. Um, you know, a baseball player can't do that. Um, and similarly, an esports gamer can't do what a football player does. They're two different realms, but they're doing very similar athletic things. Can you tell me about a? Does it bother you when you hear people talk down uh, about esports and about the athletic kind of ability that they have, or whether they should be termed athletes or not? And B, what's your own personal perspective on the issue? Are they two com- categorically different things, or you know, should should we be looking that at them as official athletes and and sports? I mean, I I, I, I see both I see both points as always. Um, you know, I, I've been a I've been a casual gamer for most of my life, and I, I I but I've been following esports for a long time, and now I'm directly involved with it. Um, you know, people anybody that plays video games, um, you can find yourself playing for hours without even noticing it, and there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of, of mental capacity that's needed to to play video games for that long. There's a lot of you know, um, like you said, hand to eye coordination is very important. There's a lot of communication, which is basically problem solving that you need to do because you're gonna you're gonna come up with problems on the fly. You're gonna come up with something where in every round it's gonna be different, and you need to be able to adapt mentally and kind of like vocally to to those situations. So you have a lot of those similarities with traditional sports where you'll have a coach on the sideline always kind of giving the play and always kind of trying to figure out what to do when that next offensive attack comes or that next offensive possession comes. And esports is is very similar in that regard where, you know, you have to just every round you're, if you're attacking, if you're, if you're trying to plant the spike in Valorant every round, you have to come up with a new strategy to figure out how to approach. So uh, in those, in those scenarios, it's the same. And so I, but I understand the other side too, where, okay, you know, you're just, Sitting in a chair as opposed to running up and down a soccer field for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I can understand that, that mentality where, you know, they're not running around, they're not physically exerting themselves, but they're mentally exerting themselves. And even physically at one point, um, I, I could, I could point to a time where I've had a, a really long game session and my wrists hurt and my hands hurt and my shoulders hurt and my back hurt. And, you know, because you're, because you're sitting in the same position for a long period of time. So there, there, are, there is mental fatigue. There's also physical fatigue that we go through as well. Mm-hmm. Sal, you want to, oh, and I'll touch on, yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I personally, I, I don't really see both sides. I'm on the side of, and I think more of in the last few months since learning the sport and everything, how much related, how much really it is a sport. I mean, at the end of the day, what is the strongest muscle in our body? It's our brain. It's our mind. And these uh, these kids, these athletes playing these games are using that tremendously in ways that maybe some other you know, athletes that are playing physical sports aren't. You know, they're using more of their physical athletic abilities, mm-hmm. while these kids are using their mental athletic abilities. You know, so and they're all competing, too. And that's a big driving um, thing in sports is that your competition level, you're playing, you're five on five, six on six. Yes, you're a character in a game, you're sitting in a chair, but you are mentally, you know, trying to win a game um, very differently. But then again, you are, we are doing it differently in every single sport. Football is totally different from trying to win in a volleyball game than in a basketball game, than in a baseball game where there's runs or points. You know, just because something is different doesn't mean it's not sport. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's my view on it. So, I mean, I can see why a lot of people have a different opinion and that's because there, you know, a lot of us were brought up in the general world of physically being out there and playing a sport where it's, you know, a team versus team. There are people out there who say golf isn't a sport, you know, <laughs> well, they're competing against individuals. So Sign me yeah, up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've, been, I've been very critical of golf, but I'm just joking. Obviously it's a sport. Yeah, of course. But you're a sports guy and you understand you respect the sport nonetheless, mm-hmm. you know, of course, there's a lot of people of who won't even respect, um, these sports as a sport in general. And, um, and I think the NCA honestly will one day, you know, come into the sports world and say, Hey, you know, we're going to sponsor this. And, you know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I agree with your, your sentiments, Sal. I think especially, you know, talking to some e-gamers and listening to the fact where their, their practice for competition is six to eight hours long. I mean, that's how much time you have to put in to learn a game and be better than the next guy. Because, you know, some of, some of us are more athletically gifted 
than others, um, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, most people are on an even playing field to start with esports, and it takes that much more work to get better at it. And and as someone who you know is a casual gamer myself, maybe not to the degree that Alberto is, but you know, I I recognize that man, it takes it takes a lot of talent and a lot of perseverance to do what these kids do uh, and to be good at it, to be that good at it. You know, so I, I'm definitely in that camp too, and I will. Def- defend it uh by any means possible so i i applaud what they're doing uh guys i have one more question then i'm going to turn it over to to nick if he has anything final and that is look what it all comes down to is tonight you guys are facing malloy um i know that you know they were a, a playoff team last year i know it's hard to scout against teams but obviously you you uh, you want to go in and win this game to establish you know who you are but win or lose what are you looking for tonight uh, out of your team um, to make you guys feel comfortable that this was a venture that we deserved to do, that was a good idea for us to do, and that's going to set the tone for the rest of the year? Well, I mean, obviously, um, we just the, the first thing that I'm looking for the, from the team is to just be competitive. Um, you know, we want you know we want this game to be you know, either obviously 3-0 in our favor, or if we lose, it'll be 3-2 very close. Like, we don't want to, you know, be on a losing end where it's going to be a difficult road to climb from. Um, we want to put ourselves in a good position early and then kind of just, you know, put the, put the pedal to the metal to finish, to finish the team off if we can. So, um, the, I think the first, the first round is going to be very, very interesting as we're going to be trying to feel each other out. And kind of see how every, you know, how the team responds and how we, how our opponent responds. And then once I think we get a handle on, you know, how the players play in terms of, okay, we know who's, who's a, a good player on the opposing team. We know, we know who we, we can identify who we could take out really easily on the other team. So I think once, once they establish that, I think we'll be able to adapt and we'll be able to hopefully pull it out. And I'm going to be blunt here. I'm looking for a win, honestly. But, <laughs> um, if we do, lose then that could be a nice learning point for us and i'm hoping that if we do lose they can come together and not blame each other or anything like that and instead kind of all right let's see what we have to work on let's get better for the next game and just even come together even more as a group that just sometimes losing can be just as valuable as winning great yeah i don't have another question but you know i just want to say i appreciate you guys coming on and and telling us about everything on the inside we need to know and you know, I know you guys are going to do great this season. I have a lot of confidence for tonight. And, you know, I, you guys are really headed in the right direction. So I just want to say congratulations, good luck, and let's get a win for the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yep. And esports will pretty much have the uh, magnifying glass on its program throughout the fall because obviously the other CSI sports teams are not able to compete this fall. So a lot of people are going to turn their attention to esports and learn a lot more. We hope that this conversation sheds a little bit more light on what esports will be doing in the fall. We've got Overwatch, we've got Valorant in the spring, like Alberto mentioned, League of Legends, Rocket League. So all year long, we'll have plenty of exciting competition. But it starts tonight, 7 o'clock, on CSI Sportsnet on the ECC Network. It'll be CSI versus Malloy College, their first test of the season. Gentlemen, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. Nick. So that was Alberto Sanchez and Sal Caruso. We're going to take a break and step out. When we come back, Nick and I will close out uh, Episode 1 of Season 2 of The Dolphin Pot. Stay with us. You're listening to The Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. In NCAA Division II, student-athletes leave a lasting impression on their communities. That's because Division II student-athletes want to make a difference and truly be part of their surrounding communities. Through community engagement, thousands of student-athletes from various backgrounds interact with community members who view them as role models. This interaction leaves a positive and perhaps even life-changing impression on all those involved. In Division II, we rise to the opportunity and make community engagement ours. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod, right here on CSIDolphins.com, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 
Anchor FM, Radio Public, and so many more avenues with which to listen to us. This has been episode one of season two. Nick Duran and I uh, just wrapping up our conversation with Alberto Sanchez and Sal Caruso. And Nick, I knew I was going to learn a lot about esports coming in, but that conversation really confirmed it on many different angles for me. How about you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, very well explained. Uh, maybe I might be able to go back and understand Overwatch a little more if I re-listen to this and take some notes on what Alberto said. But it was a great insight. You know, we learned a little about the team, you know, what they're looking like, you know, how they're going to play. So very excited to see what they do tonight as well. Yeah, and as we go on with the season, I'm, I'm hoping to have a couple of esports players actually join us as well, because I think the one thing that we didn't really touch on during this interview, there just wasn't enough time, is that unlike other uh, sports, a lot of esport gamers kind of, um, you know, are kind of in anonymity you know what i'm saying like they kind of are in the shadows they don't people don't really recognize them um you know people don't know who they are because they're obviously behind a computer screen and and they go by what alberto said is a is a screen name or a tag or a tag name it's not even their real name half the time so uh i want to be able to kind of bring those guys out of the shadows and kind of make them um household names at least to all of us at csi so i'm really excited i'm excited for them i know that they're really excited about it i know that there's a lot of pressure on them being kind of the only csi sport to go but i'm looking really forward to tonight win or lose to kind of see how csi showcases in this brand new arena yeah and like you said that'd be great to get some kids on and and also get the inside scoop from a player's point of view too right um but it'd be great uh to get a win tonight and see what they do but again, like you said, I think it's it's a great job what Alberto and Sal have done so far in, in putting together a team. The team sounds like it's it's meshing together. So, you know, what they put together is great and can't wait to see it grow and can't wait to hear more, get them more on the podcast. Again, like I feel like it'll be a real household name at CSI, our esports program. Yeah, at least uh, having spoken to a couple of the kids and obviously spoken to Alberto and Sal a bunch of times about it, I'm... I'm again excited to see um, what the end result looks like, and and uh, and you know I think what's great for our fans at home is that they'll get to see it firsthand on the ECC network on on CSI Sportsnet. I know the esports uh, gamers have their own Twitch account, which they can you you can view on their account as well. Some past performances, some highlights, things like that. So we have a lot of esports stuff to kind of go through uh, over the course of the year but this has been fun um for nick and i next week on the show we don't have a guest uh specifically lined up but we are going to talk a little bit more covid uh we're going to talk a little bit about the future uh of uh athletics here at csi uh and we'll have a special guest uh, to talk about that with us and get us through the month of september of course through the fall as well we'll learn a lot more about some of our incoming recruits as well so there's a lot in store for this season of the dolphin pod we hope that you'll continue to tune in every friday uh usually at 12 noon is when we'll debut our show so uh for all of us on this week's show uh for alberto sanchez for sal caruso for co-host nicholas duran i'm david pizzuto wishing you a great rest of the week weekend into the week and we'll see you next week right here on the dolphin pod you've been listening to the dolphin pod Remember to check us out next week when we bring you a brand new show. And check out our archive broadcast throughout the year at www.csidolphins.com backslash podcasts or on any of the broadcast channels like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. If you have questions, comments, would like to be booked on the show, or have an idea for a guest you'd like to see on the show, be sure to leave us feedback. Catch all of our shows right here at csidolphins.com backslash podcast. From all of us here at the College of Staten Island, thank you for listening to the Dolphin Pod.